It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, man. It seems like a lot We have a lot to cover. Yeah, we, we do. Well, we took Friday off, kind of. I mean, I guess. I don't know if we really take days off. I mean, we just sort of throw this shit together when we get together. But um, so, so I mean, really, I don't know that we take a day on is the better right. way to put it. Uh, but since you and I have spoken last, uh, the, the HSA finals wrapped up. We can talk about any of that, any more, uh, if anybody wants to. And I don't know how they we would know they want to, but I mean, if we want to, I guess. Um, Alabama defeated South Kakalaki in a in a really gutty effort. Um, that we have a new strength coach, uh, really, and it seems like they came as a pair. We we hired a pair of strength people, um, Franz and Hans. Yeah, we we kind of yeah we kind of got Batman and. Alfred, not Robin. I mean, Alfred, because Alfred's the one who does all the, you know, the some of the smart stuff behind the scenes. And so I guess yeah, we got we got kind of a strength guy and a speed guy. Yeah, I kind of think. Yep. Um, And the coronavirus sent everything into a panic. And today everything Mm kind of realigned. So, I, you know, I'm not broke yet. I'm getting there, but uh, I'm not broke yet. Kudos to me. Um, So let's start with. Let's start with the basketball game because um, I'll tell you, Jimmy, every time you want to quit on this team, they won't let you do it. And every time you want to believe in this team, they won't let you do it. So I think at this point, it is very fair for people to expect us to lose to Vanderbilt tomorrow night. (laughs) Um, Although that would be crippling. I mean, debilitating to lose that game. I mean, almost like not NIT worthy to lose to Vanderbilt, even though ironically Vanderbilt's lone win came against uh, the team that at the time was the undefeated unquestioned best team in the SEC and LSU. Um, But uh, yeah, we got, we got to win tomorrow night, but I want to go back to Saturday because man, you you just can't say enough good things about Herb Jones and and Kyra Lewis and Javion Davis for that matter. Well, there was no question that with the loss of Petty, we had to somehow replace that production because Petty does produce in terms of points and rebounds. Uh, For us to win, Petty has to play well. So it just stands to reason that with Petty unavailable, someone had to step up. I mean, Kyra and Shaq can't do it completely on their own. And who would have thunk that really it was Javion Davis who doesn't even play the same position as Petty and and, and just a 20 and 10 night from Javion Davis and and look good doing it. Uh, Look good doing it. If you had never – if that was the only Alabama game – you had watched all year, you would be like, wow, this JV on Davis, he's a freshman. Is he going to leave early? Is he going to play in the NBA? I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, so it, it was an impressive 20 and 10. It wasn't just, you know, garbage buckets and, 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 and rebounds, not in traffic. I mean, it was an impressive 20 10. So we don't win that game without, it was, it was a tight game all throughout. Of course it was because South Carolina is a good team. Uh, but Kyra was, was spectacular, but let's be honest, with especially with Petty out, but even with him not out, but we're just in a position depth-wise where if Kyra doesn't play well, Alabama cannot win. Uh, Kyra has to play well, which is a heck of a lot of pressure for a 19-year-old 
but, but, but really that's the reality of the situation. If Kyra doesn't play well, Alabama won't beat Vanderbilt. I mean, that, that, that's just a fact. We've, we've got to get a good performance from Kyra. And we've got to have good defense from Herb because with Petty out, uh, Petty is our second best defender. Herb has to really be great defensively, and he was. And then for us to beat somebody good, and Vanderbilt's not good, but Missouri's fairly good. For us to be good, we, we need, really need a, 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 a good production from someone else. And some nights at Shaq, or most nights at Shaq, the other night, it was really Javion Davis. Um, so, you know, in terms of these last two, Vanderbilt is is bad, and we get them at home. Exactly what you said makes sense to me. I mean, in the sense that can we lose to Vanderbilt? You're damn right we can lose. To, you're damn right this team can lose to Vanderbilt. But uh, I, I feel pretty good about it. I think Missouri is going to be tough because winning on the road – even against a team that's not an NCAA team like Missouri. Saturday is going to be tough, but if we want to make the NCAA tournament, then win that game. Then win that game. If, if, you, if you guys want to play in the NCAA tournament, then, then win that game because a, you probably don't deserve to be in the tournament if you can't. Now, hopefully, what will happen in time for Missouri is that Petty is back and healthy enough to play well. Maybe Herb has lost the soft cast by then. And Saturday, we might get our first glimpse at what Alabama will look like in the postseason with a healthier Petty and a healthier Herb. I'm hoping that all comes together for next Saturday because we probably don't need it all together to beat Vanderbilt. Uh, to beat Vanderbilt, we, we basically can do it with the guys we have now, but with the caveat, Kyra, you have to play well and curious, but that's just the, <laughs> that's the only way we can win games right now. And, uh, but no, I feel I, I love that effort. I was there at the game uh, it, Saturday. It was very, it wasn't a great atmosphere. I think because I honestly think it wasn't a great atmosphere because we went into the game sort of not optimistic. I think with Petty out and us down to really six guys, to some extent eight, but really six guys, and with Herb still playing hurt. I think a lot of the fans, Luke, showed up Saturday sort of expecting us to lose and the season to come to an end because at the end, when we sort of sealed the deal in the last three or four minutes, it was tight. But when we sealed the deal in the last three or four minutes, it was a good atmosphere. I think it was only at that point that the fans go, oh, my gosh, we might really pull this off and win this game. And then it got a little noisy and fun at the end. Uh, but anyway, I, I expect – uh, us to beat Vanderbilt and then next Saturday against Missouri is going to be tough. If we win both games, I know everyone's going to have a question. What do we have to do to get in the tournament? This is, this is my opinion. And, and again, it can change, but, but my opinion today on Monday, March, March 2nd is this. If we beat Vanderbilt and if we beat Missouri, I think what will happen is we would need to win our Thursday game in Nashville against whoever that is. We would need to win Thursday. And then Friday, we would play a really good team, either LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Florida, or Kentucky. We're, we would end up with one of those on Friday. And I think it'll all come down to that. Win that game we're in. Don't win that game we're not in. But it's going to take two wins up there, and the second win needs to be over someone really good, really good, a, a net-busting win where we win and move up six spots in, in, with one win. And that's what would happen if you beat an LSU or Auburn or Kentucky 
and, and might even happen beating a Florida or Mississippi State, who, who both appear to me to be teams that are headed to the tournament. So that's what I think we'd have to do, beat Vanderbilt, beat Missouri, beat a team that we're favored to beat on Thursday, and then then beat a good team on Friday. I think if we do that, we could lose in the semifinals on Saturday and, and still probably be in. That's That's my opinion anyway. Maybe I'm a little more optimistic. I think we can win these. I think we can win these next two. Win one in the tournament. Decent showing against somebody decent in that okay. quarter game. So I you. Think. So we both agree we got to win these last two and then win on Thursday. Yeah, you I think we have to win on Friday. You you think maybe maybe we won't have to win on Friday. And you could easily be right. I hope you are. And I think the key to our winning that game on Friday, or I guess that game, yeah, game on Friday, would be um, avoiding Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and if the right. tournament were to end today, I mean, if start today, and we were to win that first game, Kentucky would be our opponent, which, I mean, Kentucky is the booger on the end of our finger we can't get rid of in, in the SEC tournament. I mean, we just – On the other hand, it's a heck of an opportunity. I would say this: We went on Thursday and played Kentucky on Friday and beat Kentucky. You're damn, you're damn right. We're in the tournament. I mean, yeah, we're I in mean, the tournament. Yeah, but I mean, but I, I prefer I to do it. We can. Yeah, <laughs> I prefer the mountain not be quite as tall either. Yeah, because Kentucky is clearly the class of the SEC again. And frankly, I, I like Kentucky as kind of a dark horse to win the whole thing. Hey, you, you don't have to be 1980, 83 Houston. Oh, you know, or, or 82 North Carolina to win the tournament this year. I, I was thinking about it today because we're going to be looking at brackets in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, who am I going to pick to win the national championship? And God, I'm so tempted to go with a Gonzaga or a San Diego State or Butler, Creighton, some sort of really good story. But, you know, I, I tend to be conservative about those picks and, and I probably will pick more of a blue blood. But who? I guess Kansas or you know who I might pick is Baylor, you know, because from the basketball I've seen this year in terms of who has looked like the best team in the country to me, I, maybe Baylor, you know, but I, I certainly wouldn't go in with a bunch of confidence that I got the right horse pick. They could lose in the first round. Well, and that, I think they've lost what, either two of their last three or three of their last four. Yeah, or I'm saying. Like I mean, that. you know, when Baylor gets in the round of 32 against just somebody reasonably good like Iowa, they could easily lose that game. So, I don't know. It'll be, it, to me, it'll be fun because it's so wide open. I, I know you, you prefer yourself, you know, to be to, to once it gets down to crunch time, it being the North Carolina and Arizona and Kansas and Michigan State. But you know, I I, I sort of like when there's a potential Cinderella winner. And uh, and gosh, this year I don't even know what you'd call Cinderella. It's just wide open. But Kentucky playing as well as anybody. I mean, as well as anybody who, if you're Baylor, do you want to play Kentucky? If you're Kansas, do you want to play Kentucky? I don't think so. So I know Alabama, like you said, it would be nice to avoid them on Friday. In that scenario you just said, Luke, where you said we would play Kentucky in that Friday game, is that based on where we are right now or yes. where we would where we would be if we beat Vanderbilt and Missouri? No, that's, that's based on right now. And- okay. Obviously, you have some teams that would be ahead of us, like Tennessee and Texas A&M. We can pass um, them up. And we Assuming. could eat. Tennessee, for example, uh, plays uh, at Kentucky and Auburn at home. So, I mean, it's Tennessee could go 0-2, and we could go uh, – now, the catch is, I think Tennessee and Alabama are the 8-9. So, we'd have to pass – we'd have to go up two rungs. So, we okay. need to go – you know, we, we need to get up to that number seven slot. 
versus be in the eight, nine spot, eight or nine doesn't matter. It's right. we need to be in that seven slot or well, in that 10 slot, <laughs> but we don't want to be in the 10 slot. Cause that would obviously mean we've lost. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, it would be, uh, it would behoove us to, uh, it would behoove us to beat Missouri and Vanderbilt. Yeah. It would behoove us. More I want to if, do. if we lose one of those games, it's over in terms of lose to Vanderbilt or Missouri and I'm going to tell you, there's one route into the NCAA tournament, and that's winning the whole thing in Nashville. And a, I don't know that we can. I don't know that we're capable of beating Kentucky. I think we are capable of beating anyone else. But, um, uh, but to me, it's winning the four games in a row. I mean, I don't think we have enough players to do it. I mean, I think on Sunday we would be depleted. Not to mention Saturday, and hell, that's yeah. when you're playing somebody good. Yeah, you we'd know, be- so. I don't see it. I see I see our best, easiest route in, if you want to call it easy, and it's not. Beat Fandy, beat Missouri, win the Thursday game, and then hope you're right. You may be that that's all we got to do. Uh, if not, you know, maybe maybe Friday we could beat an Auburn or an LSU, and uh, that would do it. I would be very confident that we would be in if we beat Vanderbilt, Missouri, and then win two games up there, including a win over a highly ranked team. Yeah, and we didn't get a lot of help this weekend either. A lot of bubble teams won. I mean, TCU, Texas, just to name a few. Our net now, fell. We won, and our, we won against somebody good, and our net fell because yeah, of the State outcomes lost. of all the other games. Penn State lost. Um, you know, Auburn losing because we played them twice, uh, that kind of thing. Now, um, Arkansas did themselves no favors getting beaten pretty handily by Georgia. Um and, you know, that's something to keep an eye on, too. But I think in the end, it's going to be better for us, as much as we probably hate to say it, for, for Auburn to win out, which which put wins over A&M and, and uh, Tennessee, and I guess Kentucky to win out, which would give them a win over Tennessee and whoever they – in Florida, I guess. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So let's talk about uh, Latrell McCutcheon, McCutcheon, who decommitted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, he's no. highly ranked, but I mean, it, he's got. He feels like he has the Bama bump to begin with because he did miss yes. all of last year, and so they're basing rankings of him based on measurables and sophomore tape. That seems yeah. sketchy at best. Yeah, I agree totally. I, I, I. I it's too early to even suggest that rankings – I mean, now, guys that are ranked right now like the top 10, the top 20, you know, you can bet they're really good players. They wouldn't be that high. But it's sort of too early to to to, to say that or expect rankings to be accurate. Um, I know last year me and you spent a lot of time talking on this podcast about – man, the rankings look all screwed up. But you know what? By the end of the year, by the end of the year, I didn't have much to complain about myself. I mean, I, I think it sort of shakes itself out. But 
it, it literally takes the full year and things like the national all-star games and the Nike camps and senior tape. I mean, it takes all that stuff before you settle on, Hey, this really is the top, you know, 300 guys in a, in a pretty decent order. Uh, but I wouldn't focus really hardly anything on the rankings right now, but McCutcheon, who I think is ranked in the nineties and the composite right now, that, 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 it's just it's just a, a wild ass guess right now, and I agree. A guy that misses entire junior year, uh, I'm not sure why he would rank that high unless he's a physical freak, and I don't believe he's that either. So I don't think it's a big deal at all. Uh, I judge whether it's a big deal by whether the staff has has lost a wink of sleep, and, and I bet they have not. It's just too early. Corner is not going to be a major need in this next class. I think we need two because we have seven on scholarship for this upcoming season and none of them are seniors. One is a junior who's likely to leave in Patrick Sertan. So I would just sign one to give us a round number of eight and then assume Sertan leaves. So you got to sign somebody to replace him. So that's two. So I think we only need two corners. To me, the litmus test for cornerback recruiting in 2021 begins and ends with Kool-Aid. We've been talking about Kool-Aid for weeks and months here because he's such a high-profile, great prospect. But I, I know this. I would take Kool-Aid over McCutcheon, you know, sight unseen. It's just critical that we sign him. It's just gravy that he's going to help the basketball team as well. So uh, I think, the to me, it's let's sign McCutcheon and then, uh, and then take a long look at this long list of really solid SEC prospect corners that are in state that look really good. There's two kids at Blunt. Cameron Grace has an Auburn offer already. Armani Diamond is a, is a top 40 prospect in Alabama, the other Blunt corner. Uh, there's two in Tuscaloosa. Kamari Lassiter already has an Alabama offer. If, if you were looking at me, I, I would put that offer in, in air quotation marks because I don't think Kamari Lassiter could commit to Alabama today, even though he has an Alabama offer. I think his offer is a – we like you a whole lot and we may take you, but we would like to see you in camp. <laughs> I would think that's, that's the offer he has. I'm, I'm guessing how the hell would I know, but that's just a guess. Breland Lassiter is another corner from Tuscaloosa from, from Cottondale who's highly likely to sign the sec. And uh, in terms of a kid, it came out of nowhere for me, Jacob parks from Gardendale. Uh, I watch him on tape and I'm like, uh, he should have like 40 offers, including Alabama, maybe. I, I hope we take a long look at him. He impresses me uh, on his junior tape. So it's a great year for corners. Micah Gaffney from Spanish Ford is another guy who's likely to end up in the SEC. So a great group of in-state corners. So if we can get McKinstry and then do a really smart job of, okay, of these six or seven guys, who's going to be the best? And we just signed those two. I, I, I'd consider corner a home run for us in this class. So I don't think the loss of McCutcheon's a big deal at all. Um, yeah, I don't think it is either. And it sounds like it may have been a mutual parting of the ways. So, you know, hopefully that that's, that was the case at least. Um, so, Jimmy, what do you know about the strength coach? Just, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about a strength right. coach. I've already said this. I mean, this it's hard to be an insider, such an insider that you know a shitload about Indiana strength coach. I mean, that tells me, right. hey, man, get, get out more often. Exactly. If you're, I mean, I, I like to think we know what's going on and we know the program well and we know college football well. But it, it, <laughs> if you are the type of fan or even journalist who covers college football – 
and you can speak articulately about 30, 40, 50 strength coaches in the country. Dude, you just, you're worse of a nerd than those people that camp out in a, a week to watch Star Wars movies. I mean, that's, that's total king of the nerd territory there. Don't, don't, don't care that much about this great sport. I mean, so no, I was completely unfamiliar with uh, David uh, Below. I'm sure, I don't know why I'm having trouble with his name. It, it seems like, any, I'm sure it's Below, right? Bolo, Below? I, I just, I just look I at his name and for some reason go, I need someone that knows him to say this name out loud because I'm already struggling with just B-A-L-L-O-U, right? So I don't know how many ways you can say it, but that name intimidates me. I don't know why. Can I call him David for now? Um, I mean, follow me. <laughs> The other guy, Matt Ray, I can say his name. Now with him, I don't know. Do we call him Dr. Ray? He's a doctor. He's a, his doctorate is in kinesiology, I believe, but he's like a college professor type doctor. But some of those guys like in, insist that, that you call them doctor. And I, I certainly don't want to insult the man. So I don't know whether to call him Dr. Ray or Matt, you know, but we ought to go with David and Matt right now since we don't know them well, but I'm, I'm very excited. I think, and I do have some level of scoop here, but I, I believe we were really interested in finding someone who is committed to the scientific aspect of strength and conditioning. There's been enormous progress made in the past few years about data points and accumulating all this data and how it translates into each individual, I mean, strength and conditioning is so individualized. It's not one size fits all anymore. Each kid can have different needs for how they increase their functional strength and, and how they can get faster. And there's machines that measure a thousand different things now. And you need these experts to know what, what data means what. And I think Nick Saban really wants to be at the cutting edge of that because so much of strength and conditioning is just old school, old school stuff, you know, and Scott Cochran is old school, believe it or not. I know he's kind of a younger guy, but he is old school in his methodology. So I think what we really wanted was cutting edge guys that we don't have to train on this new equipment we bought. They just know what it is and what it does and what it means. Just when they show up and look at it, they're like, oh, I know what this is. This is one of these, this is one of these, you know, bat toys. And they know exactly how it works and what it means and how to interpret the data. That's what they wanted. And I think these two guys are the leaders in, in, in that field. So I think they got exactly what they wanted. And uh, so we should be excited about that. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, I think it's great. Um, it sounds like it should be great, but you know, if we, anybody we had hired, I think the reception would be good because it'd be like, well, this is what Saban wants. And so that's how mm -hmm. I am. Because nobody's going to go, you know, unless we hired the guy that gets sand kicked in his face in the Atlas uh, comic book strip ads, then, you know, I think everybody would be kind of cool with it. I mean, even if they hired Jimmy Stein as our strength coach, we'd be like, yeah, oh, that's okay, shit's about, to get, shit's about right. to get real for us here in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would have been a problem for sure. Uh, okay, anything else just hodgepodge BS out there for you? I think uh, Scooby Carter's a story. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, j j but anyway, a brief story, just in the sense that, like, well, it's it's hurt the depth of corner. Scooby's actually a good, talented player, but it's been, you know, it's not like he's in 
it's not like he got in some sort of criminal trouble or, you know, that he beat up a coach or something. I mean, it's, it's nothing like that, but obviously it's been a rough bumpy ride for Scooby at Alabama. And I'm sure it's best for us and, and probably best for him that he gets a fresh start somewhere else. I don't wish any ill will upon him at all. Of course, just root for him to get things straightened out a little bit. And, uh, it does hurt Alabama a bit. I would not have projected Scooby to be a starter, but I would have projected him to like, hey, Ronald Williams. I mean, Ronald Williams is coming in thinking he's going to be a starter, that he's going to be corner number two or corner number three. And corner number two and corner number three are starters. We're in nickel 75% of the time. That's three corners on the field. Um, I would have told you that, you know, Sertan's going to be corner number one. Job is highly likely to be corner number two. And Ronald Williams, the Juco, he has a great – chance to be corner number three, but he's going to have to fight off Jalen Armour Davis and Scooby Carter. That's what I would tell you. And, and I wouldn't think it's a given that Ronald Williams would beat out those two guys. So in that sense, it is a loss. I think Scooby would have been legitimate competition for that third corner spot. Uh, and now it'll be a little easier for Ronald Williams to win it, but maybe Ronald Williams is going to win it anyway. And, and, and it's not a real loss, but, uh, but anyway, pretty talented kid. And I hope he gets things uh, squared away. He's not staying at Alabama. Don't be one of those fans out there. It's like, oh, he's just in the portal. He could he could change his mind. It's not really, it's not that at all. He, he's he's not coming back. That's that's over now. Um, yeah, I think that's <laughs> that ship is definitely sailed, and that's probably a good thing. I mean, if we were in the posture of taking Scooby Carter back again, it, it would certainly call into question the leadership at this point. So I think that we can. We can sort of write him off, everybody. He's a goner. Um, all right, buddy, we will cut it short here because uh, we have been instructed that, you know, we need to keep our podcast sort of short and sweet. I mean, apparently some of you listening while you're jogging, and you don't jog very far. So that's where we're going with it. Yeah, jog further, people. <laughs> you want us to talk more? Well, get in shape, fat ass. <laughs> um, yep. And, and if you just listen to us on your drive to work, live further away yeah it's it's it's, you're gonna live in a nicer neighborhood if you live further away from where you work we can't help it if you live in a bad neighborhood and it's a short drive to work i'm not into pointing fingers but this is on you people (laughs) Um, exactly all right buddy uh uh, tomorrow is vandy right so i I don't think we'll do a post vanderbilt uh but i think maybe early tomorrow we cut a podcast previewing the vanderbilt game as we also, our you know, spring practice starts next week. Now, it's Friday, and it's just one practice before they break for spring break. But how exciting is that? Spring practice starts next week. I'm excited, buddy. All right. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Tide. All right. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.